Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I'd like to begin this episode by turning to Psalm 127 and reading all five of its verses. The psalmist wrote, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. In his word, God is abundantly clear about what he considers to be a tremendous blessing as well as a tremendous responsibility. And I'm talking about children for those who are parents. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 17 and verse 6, Grandchildren are the crown of old men, and the glory of sons is their fathers, once again indicating the blessing of children. As far as responsibility is concerned, look with me at Psalm 78, and we'll look at verses 1 through 7. The psalmist there said, Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children, that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. I believe many people are familiar with what we find in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, where Solomon wrote, Train up a child in the way he should go, Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is interesting how frequently God speaks of the need for the proper instruction of children. It is clear that God views as the primary responsibility of the parents the raising of their children in his nurture and admonition. He requires that parents teach their children the word of the Lord, teach them his statutes and his commandments, and train them to walk in his ways. Now, to that end, in the religious world, all different kinds of approaches are taken and all sorts of special programs are offered specifically for the younger people. Many believe and advocate that in this age of immediate gratification and communication, in order to keep the young people interested, in order to keep them even coming, they must be presented with entertainment, 
with all kinds of fun things and flashy presentations. Without minimizing the wonders of electronics and what they can do, we absolutely must be so very careful about what we present. The problem with that sort of approach is that when all is said and done, we have a bunch of kids who had a great time and came away with very little actual Bible knowledge. Only by properly training our young people can we have a hand in averting the greatest tragedy of all, which is their ending up loss. I'd like to mention four things in this episode that the Bible certainly indicates that all young people need, and unfortunately today, these are things that the majority of young people are not getting. My friends, young people need pure Bible teaching. It doesn't have to be dry or boring. It doesn't have to be presented on bed sheets, but it does have to be what the Bible actually says, plain and simple. Yes, young people are facing some truly significant problems and trials that are peculiar to them, and they are serious matters, the likes of which I did not have to face as a young person. Quite frankly, sin is just so easily accessible today. However, the answer to such problems is not the social gospel complete with its entertainment and baby formula teaching. Young people need to have pure Bible teaching on the matters that they are facing and more, just as they always have. As David wrote in Psalm 17 and verse 4, As for the deeds of men, by the word of your lips I have kept from the paths of the violent. Further on in the same book, this time Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16, we find the psalmist writing this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart, that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Why do people insist upon treating young people as though they cannot study God's word and appreciate it for what it is? I believe that they can. The Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing God's Word. Young people must hear Bible lessons and doctrinal sermons. To do otherwise is to send them out into the world totally unprepared for the enemy that waits. In the spiritual sense, it is the same as sending a soldier into war unarmed. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 17, the following. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let me tell you something. That is for young people today as well as for those who are older. Something else that young people really need to be taught is respect for authority. 
God has placed authority in the home. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 3, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Lack of respect for authority is born in the home, and can most often be traced to a failure of the parents to instill it. The young person who does not respect the authority of his or her mother and father is not very likely to respect the God-ordained authority anywhere else either. Why do kids have to be afraid sometimes to go to school today? Because many of their classmates have absolutely no respect for authority. They don't respect God because they haven't been taught to respect Him. They don't respect their parents. They don't respect their teachers or other authority figures. And truth be told, many of them have no respect for themselves either. Why would we expect them to respect anybody else when they don't respect themselves? God has ordained government and placed certain authority in its hands. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 5, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. Nowadays, if a young person gets in trouble, their parents want to sue and blame everybody else. If the school tells a child to do something and the child doesn't like it, instead of using that as a time to teach respectful authority, parents take the child's side and protest and complain. Failure to learn respect for authority is disastrous and will culminate in a failure to respect the authority of God. You can write that down and just flat guarantee it. God has set forth authority in the church. Jesus possesses all authority today, Matthew 28, 18, and he is the head of the church, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. Elders are given delegated authority over the local congregation that they oversee. Young people who are Christians need to be taught that that authority must be respected and used. The Hebrew writer wrote in Hebrews 13 and verse 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. A third thing that young people need today is to consider the consequences of their decisions and to be taught that there are consequences. I think of Paul's statement in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, when he wrote, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Being able to look ahead, to understand the value of learning God's word or properly choosing friends, 
of selecting someone to spend their life with or not. This is the kind of thing to constitute true wisdom. Moses made this very point in Deuteronomy 32 verse 29 where we read, Would that they were wise, that they understood this, that they could discern their future. Failure to look ahead and to recognize that there are consequences for what they do generally brings regret. My dad always used to tell me, Greg, you have got to learn to look past your nose. And he was absolutely right. What better example can there be of reaping what we sow than the prodigal son of Luke chapter 15? He demanded and received his portion of his inheritance early. And he went to a faraway country where he spent it all in riotous, sinful living. He ended up feeding pigs and wishing that he could eat what they were eating. Let's instill in the young people of today repeatedly over and over the truth of Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 9. It says, Rejoice, young man, during your childhood, and let your heart be pleasant during the days of your young manhood, and follow the impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes, yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. The fourth and final thing that I want to mention in this episode that our young people need today is a good example from their parents and from older Christians. Paul wrote in Romans 14 verses 7 and 8 the following, For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. That statement, for not one of us lives for himself, I ask your indulgence because I'm taking it a little out of context and applying it here. It is absolutely true that we are an influence to everyone around us. Parents are an influence to their children. If parents think that they can curse, lie, act inappropriately, pitch fits of anger, and do all sorts of ungodly things in front of their children without them having an effect, they're just plain wrong. Older Christians need to understand that the younger people are watching. We may think that they're not paying a lick of attention, but they are. A good deal of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the nurture and discipline of the Lord, is by example. Young people need fathers like Abraham, about whom God said in Genesis 18 and verse 19, and I'll be reading from the King James Version this time, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Young people need fathers like Joshua, who stated in Joshua 24 and verse 15, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They need mothers and grandmothers like Lois and Eunice, who had such an influence upon Timothy, and about whom we read in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. We find a little later on in that same book that Timothy had known the scriptures from the time he was a child. Where did he get that? From Lois and Eunice. Far too many people today have parents like Eli. God said that he would punish Eli, and the reason that he gave for that is found in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 13. For I have told him 
that I am about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew, because his sons brought a curse on themselves, and he did not rebuke them, or he restrained them not, as the King James says. Very young people, with their implicit, unconditional trust in the parents, will learn very early to love the things mom and dad love and to dislike the things they dislike. When parents show that above all else, their first love is God, it is likely that the children will grow to learn to put Jehovah first. But if we show, even subconsciously, that we are more interested in the world and the things that it has to offer, then we can't be surprised when children grow up the same way with little or no concern about God and the things of God. I hope this has proven to be helpful. Thank you for listening.